I don't know that I've ever been so wet as I've started a sermon before, so at least you understand why. And um, my question for you as we begin this, this uh, afternoon is, have you ever built anything with your hands? If you have, raise your hand. Okay, this is something that I never intended to do. So my, my dad didn't pass down these skills to me. He was an outdoorsman, hunter, fisher, football player, so I learned those things but anytime it came to fixing something or build something, he would hire someone. And um, the problem was, I, once I went into ministry, I, I didn't have finances to hire people, so I had to just start doing things. I'll never forget just trying to build my first bookshelf. And it wasn't even like building one from scratch. It was like following the IKEA instructions. <laughs> And I took a power screwdriver, drilled right through the, the side of the, night, uh, the nice wall on it, and then started yelling out loud. I'm like, that's why I don't use my hands. And, and uh, hopefully I've grown a little since then. But anytime I use my hands, you know, it was awkward. I was insecure about it. I, it didn't feel uh, natural to me. And then I endeavored to build my first house. And the, the, the general contractor was like, Robert, if you do this and this and this yourself, like you can save a lot of money. So I got thrown in the deep end of, of using tools. And what I found was there was something so amazing about starting with just an uncut two by four and sawing it and then seeing it actually that put together becoming a wall in my house. It was this incredible fulfilling experience to actually build. Then um, we, we just completed a project of transforming my garage into a garage apartment for my in-laws. And what I noticed that, and again, I wasn't a general contractor. Uh, a, a gentleman in the church was a general contractor, and then he hired subcontractors from our church. But it was just amazing to see people use their gifts and us come together and see a fi finished project that could take care of my family. And so that word build, that's what I want you to think about today as we continue our series on the gifts of the Spirit. I want you to listen to this scripture right here. It says this, it says, so it is with you, since you are very eager to have spiritual gifts and manifestations of the Spirit, strive to excel in ways that will, the ways that will build up the church. So we're doing this series on the gifts of the Spirit, and last week I had numerous people come and say the same thing to me. They said, Pastor, thank you for sharing on this, because to be honest, I was intimidated that we were going to do a series on the gifts of the Spirit, because oftentimes when people start thinking of the gifts of the Spirit, they just start thinking, wow, this is going to be really spooky or esoteric or super mystical. I'm just not going to understand. <clears throat> or they're like, uh-oh, this is where people start swinging from the chandeliers. I saw it on YouTube, people running up frantically up and down the aisles, doing crazy chicken dances, looking like their hair was on fire. And what I want to say is the gifts of the Spirit aren't to be spooky. They're not to be a show. They're not to be a badge of honor. They are tools in which God builds the church. So listen, listen to this as we keep going on. 1 Corinthians 14, 26. What shall we say then, brothers and sisters, when you come together, each of you, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. 
everything must be done so that the church may be? The church may be? Built up. So the point of the gifts of the Spirit are to build up the church, to build up the church. And in fact, the Apostle Paul who's writing says, each of you has a gift. Each of you, each person in the church has a gift. Now, I want to juxtapose that, building up a house, every one of us working together, to an experience I had a while back where 10,000 times 10,000, it was just thousands of people descended on Petco Park for a Garth Brooks concert. Now, I'm afraid that in many ways the church has become more like a concert or a show than building up a home. So what was that concert like? Well, it was thousands of people only sitting in chairs or or standing. Well, I will tell you, at one time, I locked arms with the people that I went from this church. Steph and I went with another couple, and we went, I got friends in low places. And we looked at each other, and anyway. So, um, but that was the, that was the, the, the epitome of our involvement. Really, it was probably 50,000 of us that went to be entertained by one person's gift. We went to be entertained by one person's gift. And I can tell you, when we walked out, that we had accomplished nothing. And that we went out not transformed. We were only entertained for a couple of hours. Sadly, that's what most of the church in America has become. It's become a spectator sport where we come, we're entertained by a couple people up on the stage, and then we go home not transformed and not having done something together. But that's not how we want this church to be. That's not how we want it to be in the body of Christ. And that's what Jesus encourages us, and then the Apostle Paul is writing about, about actually using the gifts. So in order for you to remember this, I want to tell you that less than a show, when you come to church, I want you to come thinking this way, that you're putting on this, your tool belt. So here's my work tool belt right here, and the gifts of the Spirit are much more like a tool belt. Now, I don't know if you've ever tried to hammer something, it's really hard if you just use your hand. You ever taken a nail and, oh, that's very painful. Now, that's probably uncommon, but I guarantee it, you're like me, that you've tried to put in a screw before with your fingers. <clears throat> and it, it really hurts, and you're very ineffective. You know, maybe you tried it with your teeth, right? Um, but when you get one of these and you take a nail, you get it right in, right? Or some of you get it right in. So, I mean, um, you know, you, you, you need to screw something in. Look at this. You got a power screwdriver. This is also a drill. It also has a light. You're the light of the world. Um, so when we start using tools, we are much more effective. We're, we're much more effective. And, and different jobs, different things we're doing take different tools. So one of the things Steph and I just did a couple of weeks ago is someone gave us a pool table uh, because they know that we host youth group at our house. The problem was the pool table was completely unassembled. Completely unassembled. I don't know if you, anyway. Um, but we had to stretch the felt and then you have to get the felt to stay. We couldn't have done it without one of these, right? Now, here's the problem with the gifts of the Spirit is many people are careless with them, right? And so, you know, you start looking like this, and I'm, I'm already seeing people go like this, like, please, 
don't, what kind of pastor do you think I am? <clears throat> but, but when you use tools carelessly, right, someone just starts like throwing a hammer out, we get scared. And so that's why the Bible is, is so clear about using the gifts of the Spirit only to build up others, that we do it out of love. So last week, I used this illustration. If you didn't see last week's message, I encourage you to go back. They're on our website, or they're on our app, or they're on YouTube. I used an illustration of a bucket, a, a pail of water, and I said, bringing people, using the gifts of the Spirit, like bringing someone cool, refreshing water. Oftentimes in the Bible, the Holy Spirit is represented by water. So I said, so say we're bringing someone water, and we showed on a, a pail, a, a bucket pail, that there's different staves or different slats. And we said, so one slot is growing in the gifts of the Spirit, but another slot would be growing in our biblical understanding. A lot of times people are scared of the gifts of the Spirit because people just do them like crazy, and, and, and they, don't, they don't actually are not following the biblical underpinning or understanding of them. Another one is growing in godly character. Another stave would be doing them in love for the benefit of other people. If any of those slats were short, the water will flow out there. And so we need all of these aspects of our life, biblical understanding, godly character, love. We need them to grow together. <clears throat> now, here's another thing about the gifts of the Spirit is many people are, are scared of them because they're like, hey, I've, I've actually heard of someone being hurt. Like someone came and said this or someone came and did this or, or someone pushed this person and, and they were, and, 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 or they said this, this false thing. And I, I wanna say, yeah, that does happen. And everything we can to not have that happen here, we want to do. But it doesn't mean that we should throw out the gifts of the Spirit. Doesn't mean we should disregard the gifts of the Spirit. Let me give you an illustration. <clears throat> I had heard growing up of a man really injuring himself with a power saw, right? And, and so as a, a young man, I just decided I'm not gonna use a, a saw because my, my friend had actually really, really injured himself and it was gonna affect the rest of his life. <clears throat> I also made that commitment with, uh, with a chainsaw because my roommate, his uncle, had gotten uh, really harmed by a chainsaw. Have you ever tried to actually build something just using a handsaw? <laughs> just your own strength? <clears throat> it takes forever. And in fact, it would take months if you were building a house like that, if in your own strength. But when you are connected to power, it's incredibly effective, okay? So I wanna tell you, although I thought I'll never use a power saw, once I actually started building, I realized I'm gonna get nowhere. I need power. I need to be connected to the power. So what did I do? I was, I was scared. But I said, you know, I'm gonna learn. So I walked with people who actually knew how to do this. They actually trained me how. I put on protective glasses. I also didn't do it carelessly. Yeah, I mean, this is scary right now. But if I actually am caring about others, so I use a power saw quite regularly now. But you know what I do? I always make sure that people are far from me. And especially when my children are little, I made sure that they weren't anywhere near me because I'm only wanting to help people not hurt people. Are you following me? Yeah. Yeah. 
The Bible says eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. So just because someone got hurt in the past doesn't mean that we throw out the gifts of the Spirit. No, we need the power to do the will and work of God, to build up the church, to reach the lost, but we want to do them in a way only out of love to help other people. Amen? Let's keep going here. So 1 Corinthians 14, 1. 1 Corinthians 14, 1. Follow the way of love. Follow the way of love. So if we're going to really love people, we're going to walk in the gifts of the Spirit. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. you got to understand, I, I, I grew up in a church. I'm so thankful for it. I'm, I'm never wanting to, to bash the church, but sometimes we don't grow into maturity because of our old church practices. So I, I grew up in a church that didn't talk about the gifts of the Spirit. They were cessationists. Maybe you've heard that word. They believed the gifts of the Spirit had ceased. Now, that's not good biblical study because the, the Bible never says that the, the gifts are going to cease until we get to heaven and we don't need them anymore because Jesus is right there. And so we believe that the gifts had ceased and so we didn't practice them. So whenever I, I say that, except when someone got sick and then we all pray that they get healed. So when, when I started hearing, when I went to college and I started Hearing about people prophesying, I was really scared. I was like, no, don't do that. And then I heard about people speaking in tongues. And I was like, tongues are from the devil. <laughs> right? I was, I was scared. Of, now, that's really interesting because here it is right in Scripture. So let's, let's listen to this. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Okay, well, that's pretty cool. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit, but the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. So it's saying, hey, it actually builds up people when you prophesy. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. Okay, that's pretty cool. But the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues but I would rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. You see, I, I grew up not believing in any of these things, but all of a sudden I saw when they were practiced rightly that they actually really encouraged people. So I actually had someone come up and they gave me a prophetic word and they didn't, they didn't know me, they hadn't been around me and they said, I actually was praying for you and I saw you up on stage teaching a bunch of people and they were all enjoying it and laughing. Well, was that a wrong statement? No, that's what I've done the rest of my life. And so that so encouraged me. Actually, that's, I had a desire to do that, but nobody knew that. But they used that word, and that helped me remember when things were tough. Oh, this is what I'm called to do. You know, I, I told you, I didn't believe in the gift of tongues at all, right? But the, the, Paul says, I, I wish you all spoke in tongues. And when you speak in tongues, it edifies you. And actually, in the coming days, I'll actually do a sermon where I explain the different types of tongues and prayer languages. We're not going to do that today. But all of a sudden, one day I'm praying, and I start speaking in a heavenly language. But because I hadn't been taught about it, I threw my hand over my mouth. I ran out of the room, and I started saying, God, God, I'm so sorry, because I, I had been trained that that wasn't right. So I said, I'm so sorry that I was doing that thing in the Bible. 
And the Bible says when you, when you speak in tongues, it edifies yourself. Now listen, am I saying that everyone has to speak in tongues? Of course not. Am I saying that everyone has to go around prophesying all the time? Of course not. But what I am saying is let's not throw out the baby with the bathwater. Just because things have been abused, let's not throw out what the Apostle Paul is saying should happen in the church. So he's saying this, when you're using these gifts, you actually edify people. Prophecy, he said, is for strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want to be strengthened, encouraged, and comforted? Who doesn't want to do that for other people? That's what scripture says it's all about. So let's be good students of the Bible. So put on your student cap for a moment, because now I'm going to unpack and give you a biblical underpinning because a lot of times people are confused by the gifts of the Spirit because it's not just in one scripture. We see gifts in 1 Corinthians 12. We see gifts in 1 Corinthians 14. We see them in Romans 12. We see them in Ephesians 4. So let me give you three different categories of the gifts of the Spirit. If you're taking notes, three different categories for the gifts of the Spirit. The first we call the manifestational gifts. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It says, now to each one the manifestation, that's why I'm calling them the manifestational gifts, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there's given the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits. Let me just explain this very quickly. All of these gifts, as Scripture says, come through one Spirit, and that is the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So this is very different than you getting into like tarot cards or being a psychic or, or channeling spirits, right? That, that, those other spirits, they're demonic. There is one God, and God is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and so all gifts come from him. One of the gifts you just saw is the discernment of spirits. So that helps us understand, oh, that person's being afflicted by a demonic spirit. So all of our gifts are all coming from the Holy Spirit. There is dark spirituality, and I want to encourage you, stay away from that. Stay away from that. You only want things that are from God, from the Holy Spirit. And he gives these different gifts, and these manifestational gifts are like miraculous gifts. For example, it says the gift of healing. No matter how hard you try, you can't make someone healed. It's only through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a miracle. Or let's say a word of knowledge, knowing something about someone that you've never heard before, right? That is miraculous. And so these are miraculous gifts. And what I'd say in this building illustration, these gifts are like the tools, Right, like God all of a sudden gives a gift of healing. God gives a word of prophecy. They're like the tools. Here is the second category we're going to talk about. The second category is the motivational gifts. The motivational gifts. These are found in Romans 12. Let me just give you an excerpt from Romans 12. It talks about if your gift is this, if it's serving, then serve. <clears throat> if it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. We call these motivational gifts because God's given you these gifts and it's how you're motivated. Right? Some of you hear about life groups and you're like, oh yeah, I, I, I actually like to have a, a group of people that I'm helping move forward. Well, then you have the gift of leadership. 
Some of you are like, man, my jam in life, it's just, I just love giving people coffee. I love, I love cleaning things. I love taking care of people. I, then you have a gift of serving, right? Some of you are like, man, my favorite thing to do is just to speak words that build people up. I just, that, there's nothing that's more fun. Well, then you have a gift of encouragement, right? Some of you are like, hey, just give me the spreadsheet, the flow chart, and I'll put the leader in their place, and I'll put, that's the gift of administration. They're like, hey, I'll just organize everything. And whenever you step into something, you're just like, I'm gonna bring order to chaos. That's the gift of administration. So to, to illustrate this in that housing illustration, you know, say we're all working on, on a building project, and someone comes in, and they're like, hey, you know what? I, I just, give me a broom and I'll just clean up. I just love to serve. And another person is like, this table of tools is a mess. We'll be so much more effective if we put the screws here, the nails here, and the hammers here. Well, that's the gift of administration. That's the gift of organizing. And some are like, hey, let me just tell everyone what to do. That's what I want to do in this building. Well, that's the gift of leadership. And some of you are like, I don't want to do any of that. I just want to pay for the project. Well, that's the gift of giving, Right? That, that's the gift of giving. You're like, I just find great joy in just giving and making things happen. Let's move to the third, the third type of gifts, the third list of gifts. <clears throat> we call these ministerial gifts, ministerial gifts. Now, are these the, the, all the words that are in Scripture? No, these are just categories to help you remember, and they all conveniently start with an M. And Ephesians 4 says this, so Christ himself gave... So this is a gift. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. If I was using the building illustration, these are actually people who are vocationally gifted for building. Like, that's not me. I'm not vocationally gifted to be a home builder, right? But numerous people in our church. So we had this amazing general contractor in our church, Glenn Fromang. And don't go looking for him afterwards. He actually retired after my last housing project. But he was amazing, and, and he was a general contractor, so he could orchestrate the whole thing. But then he brought in different people. He hired different people, like Lotne Wells. He was in our first service. Lotne's an amazing cabinetry maker. And so he had a specialist job of, of making cabinets. And then he brought in Ruben Curiel, who's amazing at drywall and taping and floating. And so these people, actually, their job is part of the building process. Well, like us on our, our church staff, we have people that are actually called vocationally to, to, to equip to do the work of the ministry. Now, here's the amazing thing. I am not an electrician, but being next to someone who's gifted in doing electricity, guess what? I pulled a bunch of the wires. Don't worry, after we shut off the power. I pulled a bunch of the wires in my attic. And it's so cool to go up in our garage apartment to a light switch and go pink, and not just think that was magic. No, I actually know I pulled that wire down right into where that light socket is, right? Now, I, I, I can't, I'm not a good framer, but I was able to use my power saw, or we actually had a circular saw, and I cut no, numerous boards, and it's amazing to see all of these two-by-fours come together and be a wall. I was equipped to do the work of building by vocational builders. And that's what apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists do for the church. They're not called to do all the work of the church. They're called to equip you, the saints, to do the work of ministry. And it's so fulfilling 
when we start doing that. <clears throat> now, some of you are totally digging this illustration. You're like, I get it. Some of you are like, I've actually never picked up a hammer in my life. So I love that Paul uses an even more universal illustration to help us understand the gifts of the Spirit in the church. And so let's look at this in 1 Corinthians 12. He says this. I'll go ahead and take off my tool belt because now he's changing illustrations. And he says, just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit. We talked a lot about that. So as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. Even so, the body's not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. So you're like, hey, I don't have a gift to stand up on stage and teach. Well, that doesn't mean you're not a part of the body of Christ. God's given that gift to a few people and they need to use it, but he's given you a different gift. It would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, stop, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? Well, we know that would be really freaky, just one big eye. We actually saw that in Lord of the Rings, right? It was this monster trying to destroy the whole world, one eye, so we don't want that. If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that parts should have equal concern for each other. Now, one of the things that gets really concerning in the, the church in America is that we make a real big deal out of a couple of gifts. So we make these huge, the huge deals about worship leaders. And we're like, you're amazing. And oh, I, I just, I'm gonna get all their albums and I'm gonna wear all their shirts. And we, we get all into them and we're not getting in to the person who's giving their time serving. Right? We're not, you know, the, who, about, how about the person that's holding the two-year-old at church? Well, you just do childcare, but this person, they're giving, you know. No, that person is raising and training the smallest member of God's army. So let's get behind them. And you know what? When, when you, are, you are sick and hurting, right, and, and, and at your worst, you don't need a worship leader to show up in your room and, -na 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 -na, you know, that's, that's not what you're wanting, right? You need someone with the gift of mercy to come in. Or, you know, we get all into preachers and, and you know, we, just, we start following them and we put them up on a, a pedestal, right? But you actually need something practical done. Don't call a preacher, right? They'll just talk your ear off. Right? No, we, we need people with the, with the gift of creative craftsmanship and, and, the, and the gift of service. And so let's be a church that actually honors every gift instead of just hyping up some gifts. 
And then we start growing into maturity and being a holistic people that truly serve people in their times of need. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. So hear me, please hear me. Every one of you has a spiritual gift. Every person in this room has a spiritual gift. And if you're not using it, we don't build the body of Christ in the beautiful design that God has planned it to be. We don't build the church into the beautiful design it's planned to be. The church ends up just a show, and a show doesn't transform people. But a beautiful home It cares for people, it provides safety, it's a place where people gather, it's a place where relationships happen. You see, that's what I noticed as Glenn, my general contractor, called in these different subcontractors and I worked beside him. So something something broke in the middle of my building project and so we brought in Bruce Roth, who was in the first service as well. And here's the interesting thing, I couldn't fix it, right? I I just, I couldn't figure out how to fix it. And Bruce came in and fixed it in half the time. But here's what I noticed, as Bruce was there, I got to be beside him and Bruce and I grew in our relationship. Bruce and I grew in our relationship. When you come and bring your gifts and start serving, you actually build relationships. Where I noticed this with Latine, who was doing the cabinets, all of a sudden we noticed this problem because we were putting an apartment in the garage that it was right, the cabinetry and the refrigerator with the cabinets on top was gonna be right under the attic ladder. And so we went, oh no, this isn't gonna work. And then Latine comes in and goes, I have an idea. And he put the top of the cabinets on, on a hinge and flipped them open. And I, I was just blown away. I was, in, I was in awe and I was like, God has given you a gift. It actually put me in awe and it made me bring glory to God because I was like, God gave you this gift. This is the wisdom of no normal man, right? <laughs> So it brings us together. It brings us the awe awe and inspiration of God. Also, as I worked next to different guys, it actually allowed me to do some things that I would have never learned to do. So throughout the project, they taught me how to do this, how to use this tool, how to use that tool. And it was so fulfilling for me to do that. And now at the end, I I look and I'm like, here with different men and, and women that I know, we've created this beautiful place that cares for my family. That's what, why we're so desirous for the spiritual gifts. So my question to end our time is this. Do you, 1 Corinthians 12, 31, do you eagerly desire the spiritual gifts? Do you actually desire them? Or when you, when you hear about the gifts, you're like, no, I, you know, no, they're too scary because someone's abused them before. Or no, I, I just want someone else to use them. Or no, it's it's a little awkward for me. Let me tell you, we need you to bring your gifts to the table. Just like the body, yesterday I went for a a, a walk out in nature and you know we've had such amazing rain in San Diego. And I'm looking at all these wildflowers and halfway through I said, God, thank you so much for giving me eyes because it's letting me take in this beauty. Anyone who has eyes, at some time you're just amazed at, at, at beauty. And when someone's missing that, it's very painful. It's very challenging for them. And then I thought, you know what? I'm so thankful that my feet work because I'm actually able to go on this walk. 
right? Just like you use different parts of your body and it greatly enhances the joy of your life, so we need the parts of the body of Christ all working together. And when we do that, we grow closer together. We display the glory of God. We build up the church and we help a hurting and broken world. So that's what the series is all about. And today we're going to do something unique. Usually at the end, we put our leaders up front and we pray for everyone. But today we wanted to do something different. We're going to actually put up that QR code. It's also on this black card in front of you. And I want you to, to use your, your phones and, and use the camera app to scan this QR code. If you've never done it, just open up your, your camera and put it over the QR code on this or <clears throat> up here. And it will open up a spiritual gifts assessment. Now, notice I didn't say spiritual gifts test, because some of you would go, I hate tests. And this is an assessment, so you can't fail. You can't fail this. But this, this assessment is just going to help us by asking some questions. Now, let me just be really clear. This assessment isn't in the pages of the Bible. It's going to use a lot of questions that reflect different things in the Bible, but it's actually just geared to helping you discern what your spiritual gifts are. Now, it's not the only way. We do that through meeting together in small groups. That's why I encourage everyone to be a part of one of our small groups. You can learn more about that on our website or at the lunch afterwards. It's also a way the prophetic ministry calls out gifts. So there's numerous ways, but this is just one way to start moving forward. So Stephen's going to play some music, and this is how we're going to finish our service. Just open that up. There's a handful of of questions. It shouldn't take you more than five to seven minutes. And then we'll bring those, and, and let's talk about them as a church. Let's talk about them in our small groups. You talk about them in your community. You talk about them even after the service. You can just... Talk about it at lunch. Talk about it with your family and friends. Lord, I just want to thank you. What a great day. We just celebrate so many people coming to know you and giving their lives to you. We thank you that you died on the cross to pay for our sins so that we could spend eternity with you if we confess that Jesus is Lord. But thank you that you didn't just leave us after that. You gave us gifts and you want us to use those gifts to bless each other and to bless a hurting and broken world. So God, take us forward in those gifts. In Jesus' name.